um, uh, this message was laid on my heart, the lifestyle of sons, because really of God's sons, but I titled it The Lifestyle of Sons because so often it seems to me that many of us don't seem to grasp the fact um, in, a, in a real deep spiritual way that we are right now sons of God. I know we say that. We know what the words mean. It's sort of like, uh, I, I, I love Spanish, right? I try to speak Spanish as much as I can. And uh, the Lord gave me a partner and, and uh, brother Nathan. Um, and so he understands Spanish a lot better than I do. Uh, I have more words. And so together we make about three-fourths of a person. So, so we're still limited. But, but I, w I would say, um, but anyway, I, I, I just love Spanish. Sometimes I know what all the words mean, but I don't know the meaning of, of the speaker. I, I don't know that, if that makes any sense to you. I can define every word, but I'm, I'm still going, what do you mean? I remember years ago, I was working uh, in an oil business, and I had a crew working for me from Reynosa. And I asked the, the contractor, well, I, said, I asked him, I said, now, wait a minute, because I'm, I, you know, I knew donde esta el baño, donde esta el hotel, you know, I knew that. But I didn't know much more than that. And I, I oh, yeah, I knew, yo tengo hambre, yo tengo sed, you know, I knew things like that. I have, I'm hungry or I'm thirsty or where's the restroom, where's the hotel, I knew those things. But I didn't know. So he said, oh, no, no, all you have to do is write it all down. They got it. And I said, oh, okay. And so I said, if that's the case, then I can use this crew. And so afterwards, I, we had a, an operation where we were doing, going, going to, this may not make sense to you, we were logging the well. We were uh, running some instruments down there to see what those formations were about, whether they had hydrocarbons and all that. And so, I, and there's a procedure we have to do. We have to take th this little check valve, we have to take a flapper so if the well starts to come, uh, starts to flow, we'll know it and we can do something about it. And, and uh, so I wrote, I wrote him a little note, these guys. Did, did you take the flapper from the check valve? The guy could read it perfectly. He said, did you take the flapper from the check valve? I said, what do you mean? <laughs> and so that's sometimes how language is. And sometimes we know that we are sons of God, but we go, God, what do you mean? And then some, someone will come and say something like, well, he doesn't really mean it like that. Uh, and they will give you a human explanation. But I would like to take that away for a moment, and as my time is just rapidly leaving me, I would like to take that away from you for a moment and just share with you some thoughts that God put on my heart about you and I living the lifestyle of sons. If your dad were... I used to say Bill Gates, I stopped that. Carlos Slim, I stopped that. Then he was Jeff Bezos, and I stopped that. Now, if you're there, we're Elon Musk. <laughs> you know, and, and Elon wanted you to, to walk, you know, to, uh, uh, differently. He wanted you to, you know, have the best uh, jet plane or the best um, uh, yacht or whatever those things are in the, that the world values. Then he would want you to walk with a particular air. Uh, of dignity because you're, say, as it were, his son. And, and maybe he's not like that, but generally people are kind of like that. They have those rules and regulations. Well, as a son of God, then you and I should walk in holiness 
and righteousness. And we should be assured that God is with us wherever we go. Uh, we, we should not be afraid even of, of sudden fear. You know, we should not even when something, you know, you know what, what I mean by sudden fear? Uh, fear that you didn't expect. Some things you expect and you go, oh, I'm a little cautious, I'm a little cautious. But when somebody, you're walking around a corner nonchalantly and one of your bad friends just sticks his hand out in front of you, can just, you know, it scares you. And so we don't, we, walking in God means having confidence in him all the time. We have confidence in God, you know, if we get a bad diagnosis from the doctor, we have confidence that God's got this. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, if the car is coming to us on the wrong side of the road, you know, and, uh, you know, we don't have to try to figure it out. We, we know God's got this. So I would like for you to look at the, the scriptures and the fulfillment of scripture already that we know uh, uh, were fulfilled. These scriptures were fulfilled to the T, and we know that. And so now, why do we think that God is going to stop doing what he says? Did, did somehow you, your appearance on the scene change God? No. And so let's look at this and, and see a few things. I'm going to start in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, just for the sake of time. He talked about verse 3, when we were children, we were in bondage to the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. And so God had an idea of adopting us. He had, you know, he had an idea of adopting us. We belong to Adam's family. God has adopted us. He saved us because we were a fallen people, and now he has saved us and adopted us. So when we talk about the fullness of the time, we are really saying in, in, in words that we could grasp perhaps more fully, but at the right time. That's when the time had fulfilled, was fulfilled, it was the time that God wanted to do something. At the right time, God sent his son so that you and I would become uh, his sons. That's what that looks like. And in Genesis chapter 49, verse 10, the, the writer says the scepter, that means the ruler's staff or um, a symbol of kingship is what it was. It was a ruler's staff. He had this, that means he's the boss. Uh, I was in, in, um, in Kenya, and uh, I think the last time we were in Kenya, they gave us like a, a ruler's staff. I think that's that, that was that nice little thing was. It was like that meant that you were the big guy, right? And of course we weren't the big guy, but they were making us feel like we were the big guy. And but they gave us like a ruler's staff, uh, and so it's a symbol of kingship. And so he, uh, the word of God says, "The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the people." And so he's saying that God. Uh, is going to come. So Jesus is both God and man. The scriptures have told us that Jesus is both God and man. So Jesus, God became a person, a man rather. He became a man to redeem us because in order to redeem in God's great scope of things, you have to be like that which you redeem, you know, that, that you buy back as it were. And you have to be like them. You have to be wealthy enough to to buy them, and you have to be willing to buy them. So what God was, God was wealthy, but how was God wealthy? It was not just uh, silver or gold, because that could not buy. It had to be a sinless life. 
that's big, isn't it? There were no sinless lives in the world. There was not one sinless life. So God had to become a man. And then God had to live as a man, not pulling uh, divine strings. You know, no, he emptied himself. And he, 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 he became a man, that is, he emptied himself of all this, the rights and privileges of divinity. And he lived a life as a human, one of us. And he lived so successfully, so powerfully, that he then could buy us, purchase us with his own blood because of our sins. And so that's how this thing was working. It is amazing. And so the writer here um, of, of um, Genesis uh, 49 verse 10 is telling us that God had this amazing plan to do something that is stupendous, this great, this amazing, awesome, and this matchless. And uh, the, the, I would like to read it from the Hebrew, uh, well, not from the Hebrew, but <laughs> I, I would not be able to read it from the Hebrew. I can read the translation of the Hebrew, but yeah, but no, I'm not, I'm not that proficient. But the Hebrew word in my studies is silo, or, or we say Shiloh, silo, should be rendered who it is, whose it is. Not so until Shiloh comes, but whose it is. It should read something like this, that, um, that the scepter will not depart from Judah until he, who, that until he comes whose it is. So if this were the scepter, it, uh, it, will not be, uh, it will not depart from Judah. There will always be a king until he comes whose it is. So the scepter belongs to one, Jesus Christ. You've already figured that out. Now, the NIV is not bad. It says, until he, until he to come, I'm sorry, until he to whom it belongs shall come. I want to put the come in the wrong place. Until he to whom it belongs shall come. So the, the scepter shall not depart. The ruler's staff, the kingship. Now all of this is going to make a lot of sense to you because what it has to do with God keeping his word, God keeping his promises, and what it means is that you are going to inherit everything that God promised the one who has the right to rule. God, everything that Jesus uh, earned as a man, deserved as the son of God, everything that he has purchased is yours also. So that means that Jesus has the right to rule the whole of the universe as a man. God became a man. He has a right to rule the whole universe. And he says, and you are going to rule with me. This is so big for me. It's big not just because oh, we're going to be the big cheese and we're ruling the universe. No, but we are, we are like him. We have become like him. And God went through great pains, as it were, to make us like him. And so uh, that's why we can now walk throughout this crazy world as sons of God. Jesus walked a, a sinless life. There are those who would say, oh, we, we can't do that. Who told you that? You know, when, uh, when um, the devil uh, had been um, uh, Job's wife in, in the book of Job, uh, uh, Job's wife obviously had been listening to the devil because she told Job to curse God and die. Now, who told her that? How does she know? So who have you been listening to? 
Are you listening to the world? Are you fine? Who told you that you couldn't live a life pleasing to God? Who told you that? Are you basing it on, on, on the, the ability of God to keep you or your ability not to be kept? I mean, I, mean, I ask you questions. I, I don't expect for you to answer me. I don't expect for you to answer me. But I am asking the question, uh, a rhetorical question in a sense. So, so let's look at this. So Jesus comes and uh, it is his right to rule, and Jesus wants you to rule with him. Now, ruling is it's not just the thing. It's, it's the life that he gives you. It is um, the, the spirit he gives you that causes you to do that. So the life that he gives you is the spirit within. So God gives you, through Jesus, the spirit within. So um, I'm going to just, is this making sense? Do I need to a little bit more? Okay. So he, the life, the spirit of God keeps you in the will of God, keeps you walking out the truth of God, and it's not based on your human limitations. The life that God expects for, for us and the lifestyle he expects for us to live, the way he expects for us to live, the way he wants us to walk it out is based on his spirit in you, not your head, not your experiences in life, not, not you thinking that, well, I've tried and can't do it. None of that is based on what God has done for you. And th there, there have been those of us who have seen it afar off. We have believed it, and we have tried to walk it out. We failed, and we go, oh, let me define things by my ability, not by God's ability. No, if you fail, you get up, you try it again. You try it again. You know, you, you do it again, and do it, do it again. You say, God says this is possible. Uh, speaking of prayer, uh, now, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going all different directions here, but for just, if, if it bothers you, just forgive me. Um, speaking of prayer, there was a time in my life that I prayed for things that I thought were doable. Maybe you, you were different. I prayed for things that were impossible, but I'm not too sure I believed I was going to get them. I wanted to believe I was going to get them. I, wanted, I knew that God could do it, I didn't know if he would. I know maybe you're different than me. Maybe you've always believed that. But this is what I've come to know and have come to, be, to believe and to walk. I daily pray for things that I know no human can do. And I know that God can do them and God will do them. Because he told us in his word, the word that we're reading, that he said in his word that if we would pray according to his will, he would hear us. And now why would he put all of this in the will if he didn't want me to read the will? And so I, I stopped doubting and I believe, okay, this is in the will of God. It is not his will that any of us should perish. It is not in his will that the enemy, Satan, can run rampant and cause all kinds of grief. It's not. Somebody needs to stand up. And so that's what I'm talking about here. That, that is a, the lifestyle of a son. Let me read something from John chapter 4. We're talking about Christ fulfills the scripture uh, in that we, Christ was born of a, of a woman. He was uh, both human and divine. He was born under the law that he might redeem those who were under the law. And he, he, he uh, died as, uh, also to make us sons, to give us sonship. 
sonship. He gave us sonship. So you and I are now not going, well, one day we're going to be sons of God. No, right now we're sons of God. And I wanted to say that clearly because sometimes uh, when we say sons of God, the way, uh, somebody wants to correct you and say, daughters, no. Well, if that needs to be corrected, which it doesn't, then when we, when we say, well, the church is the bride of Christ, we go, no, I'm not a girl, you know. So, so, so no, we, are, we, we men, we are the bride of Christ too. And uh, you women, you are sons too. So that means you have the ability, or the right rather, not ability, the right to inherit. So you are an, uh, an heir of God through Jesus Christ. So everything that God has, you have, including his life. Everything. I don't deserve his life. But he, it's not because I deserve it. It's because of one thing. He says, if you believe that Jesus is my son, I will save you. I'll give, I'll give you my life. And so the spirit of God is, as it were, the life of God. Jesus, uh, the, John 1, 14 says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So then the word of God, the logos of God, this word that God spoke in the beginning, let there be, I mean, that word became a, a man. He said it became flesh. And, and the word of God says, and, and dwelt among us. So John, John the disciple, John the apostle, is saying that the word of God became a man and dwelt among us, tabernacled among us, walked among us in a human body, walked among us. That's big. That's big. Israel had, had the, the angel of the Lord that, that did so. But they also had the pillar of fire that was over them by night where God dwelt. And then the pillar of cloud in the day that kept them cool where God dwelt. And then the angel of the Lord walking up and down in, in the midst of the camp uh, was there. They would, Moses would, would see him. They would talk face to face with the angel of the Lord. So, so when we look at those things, he dwelt among them. But with us, it's even bigger. Now that's great. Can you imagine when, when you were a young person, and if you were in here, you were a young person in the Ten Commandments, and you would see, you know, Charlton Heston as Moses and, and all of the voice coming, and we were all excited, boy. Wouldn't it have been great to be there and to see God in the pillar of, of, of fire and the pillar of cloud? Wouldn't it have been great? Woo! Wouldn't, we were like that, weren't we? If Moses, if Moses could have traded places, wouldn't it be great to have God inside your body? Wouldn't it be great? Man, I'm sorry, but it's just. We don't know what we're missing. Uh, just don't quite know. And so we act like helpless people talking to a reluctant God. He's not reluctant when we are concerned. He just wants us to come up a little higher. Let's do it and believe him and trust him. Ah, oh, wow.
you and I now have the Spirit of God, the life of God living within our human frame. This amazing Jesus, he is God in the flesh. And let me see what Philippians um, says about him. Philippians 2, 7 said, but this same, this amazing Jesus made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. He, may, he, he did not do the things that we would do to make sure everybody knew who we, we were or we are. But he made himself of no reputation. He was a bondservant. Came out like a bondservant. He served. He said, the Son of Man has not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life a ransom for many. To give his life up. How many of us don't want to give our life away? We're not living like sons. We have to live like sons. We have to believe like sons. That is, believe for the impossible. I'm praying daily for impossible things that I know that nobody, no man can do. I'm praying for the impossible because I've come to know that if I'm not praying for the impossible, I'm not really praying. Not as a son. Not as a son. Wow. Let, let me move on. Uh, but there's a, there's a couple of things I want to say. I want to re reiterate these, that we're all sons, that is we us, the, the, the Greek word we us, which, which means that we're adult sons, that we can conduct the business of God, of, of the Father. We can conduct his business. Isn't that amazing? When Jesus was going back to heaven, he says, do my business until I come back. Occupy, do my business. So are we really doing the business of God? Question, are we really doing? I mean, the business of God is not so strange. Find somebody who's doing the business of God and work with them. That's how that looks. So we're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. That's so big to me that God would make us sons. You know, in the context that we are sons of God, angels are not sons of God in that context. They're called sons of God, but not in this context. We have his own spirit. You know what that means? We have been invited into the fellowship of the Godhead. <laughs> I don't deserve it. But I want to walk like it. I want to walk like it because he died to give it to me. It cost him everything. He must have really wanted us and when I look at us, I don't think we're all that. I used to when I was a boy. But I don't think, I don't think we're all that, but he does. And I'm learning to think we're all that. Because he does. He died to give us his spirit. So, we, and we who were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. We've put on Christ. Very important. And baptism is a symbol of that. I'm not going to argue about whether it's okay to dab or sprinkle or whatever. All I'm going to tell you is, when I, if I was sweating this morning, when I was looking in the mirror and was trying to make myself presentable, if I just put a little dab of water on my, on my face or a little dab of cream, it's not a real good picture of putting it on. 
But, but when you think of baptism, you take, think of baptizo, and you think of going into something and coming out different. And so the picture is that, that the Holy Spirit has taken us and he has immersed us into Christ. And now we come up. I'm not the old Don Lavelle. I'm a new creation. I'm not just a new creature. I'm a new creation. I'm a new kind of humanity. And this is what God wants us to understand. And so, so since you are new, since you are new, not if you're new, since you're new, because you can't be baptized into Christ and be the old person. So since you are new, he's saying, I want you to walk like it. I want you to walk like it. We've got some young people here, I believe, who are walking like it. And I believe that every day they wake up, they're trying to walk like it. And when I hear them talk, I, think, I hear them talking like it. This is good. Don't let it be too challenging for you. You know, whenever, years ago, you know, during the charismatic renewal, it was a wonderful time. Some crazy stuff happened now. <laughs> yeah, it was some crazy stuff happening, but it was a wonderful time. Somebody said during that there, they said, well, I'd rather have wildfire than no fire at all. So, so what, but what we realized is that we wanted something from God. We really wanted it. We were hungry. But some of us got too affected by other voices, and we became some weirdos, and then we became, we became people who loved God, but mostly just went to church and did not realize that this deep reality and this abiding reality that is in us called the life of God. You see, if you had another human life that came inside you, you could do what a human could do. But when you have the life of, of Yahweh, of Yahweh coming inside you, you can do what Yahweh can do. But you don't do it by your own, by whim, your own whims. You do it by the moving of the spirit of Yahweh. That's what that, that means. If you'll let me, let me read two more uh, scriptures, and then I'm going to go to read a plethora of them, if you'll let me. <laughs> so, so really, uh, here it says, For as much as you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And so I, I wrote down here, this is a mind-blowing statement to me. And I said, let's don't take it too far. Let's take it to wherever uh, the Father takes it. And this is where the Father takes it. He says, for as much as you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That means that in Christ, we inherit all things. When we think of all things, we, don't, we think about the, the fruits of the Spirit. We think about, what are some of them? Peace. Joy. What else? Kindness, gentleness, self-control, who else? Long-suffering, goodness. You, you inherit all of that. So when you inherit that, it's, it becomes inherent. When you inherit it, it becomes inherent. It's now in you. And it's not something you're trying to do. So we're not going, I'm not, well, Lord, I'm trying to walk like a son. Oh, be quiet. It's not that. It's not like that. It's that you are doing who you are. You are walking out who you are. 
and in Revelation 21, 7, it says, he who overcomes shall inherit how many things? Or what? All things, right? And I will be his God and he shall be my son. This is what God says about you. I'm going to, let me read something from Romans 8 because I may not come back through this teaching anymore. So I'm going to give you about three, three more minutes of it or so, roughly. Um, in Romans 8, verse 12, he says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Let's put that down into your knower. I don't have to, I don't owe the flesh anything. I don't know my natural inclinations anything. You know, let me just say very briefly, and we'll explain it if you need further detail. It doesn't matter whether I was born with certain proclivities, certain inclinations. Because you've seen little kids running around, and, and don't, don't be jealous with little kids. Some of them are mean little rascals. Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, I would be afraid to come and stomp an adult's foot. But some of those, they'll, they'll do these things. So I'm saying we're born with inclinations. We, we all are. Some are, are, are born and, and they'll come to your house and play with your kids and take the toys. And they're walking out and if the parents don't take them from them, they'll take them with them. So they're born with proclivities. What, what I'm trying to say here is, is that you don't owe that person anything, that, that nature anything. He says, but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now my daddy put to death those deeds. So some of you parents won't put to death those deeds. You're negotiating with your children. My daddy, by the Holy Spirit, he put to death some stuff that was in me. I'm telling you, do y'all know? I'm not talking about child abuse. I'm talking about putting to death some things of the Spirit. But now notice what Paul says. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. I got to live because daddy wouldn't let that happen. But then verse 14, verse 14 is so beautiful. He says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So then you are, if, as you are led by the Spirit of God, then you are, you are walking in sonship. Then, then in verse 15, he says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit, what? The spirit of what? Adoption. By whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So we say, Daddy, Daddy. So God now is your Daddy. I know what it's like to be called Daddy. My, kid, my, my, my daughter was called me Daddy. And when she called me Daddy, I was jelly. There was nothing I wouldn't do for her. Daddy. Daddy. And God is saying, baby, there's nothing I wouldn't do for you. I, I just want you to walk in holiness and righteousness all the days of your life. I want you to walk like you're my child. There's nothing I wouldn't do for you. And then he says to us, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So uh, if you say, well, I'm not sure, then we need to talk. You need to come by. Let me pray for you. Lay hands on you. Counsel with you. Because my spirit, man, my personal spirit is now being informed by the Holy Spirit of God who lives inside me. And he lets me know, DG, you're going to be, you're all right. Oh, yeah, you're not perfect in all your actions, but you're sure getting there. You're sure walking like a son. Yeah, sometimes you have a little stumble, but that's okay. You're getting there, DG. 
Yeah, you're getting there. And, and this is what, that, what the Lord is showing to me. He says, you belong to me and, and, and I am going to get you there. So it's, it's the daddy's responsibility. It's father's responsibility. Father's God's responsibility. It's your responsibility to say, yes, Lord. Wow. And then he says, and if children, uh, then heirs, heirs of God. Now listen, it's mind-blowing. And join heirs with Christ. So what that means is that Jesus doesn't get his inheritance without you. This is big. I'm telling you. There is a group coming. And I believe I know some of them now. They will not compromise. And they will walk in this truth of God. Now let me draw to a close. I'm going to just read it. Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings, the hardships, the pain of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, to depravity, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption. I told you you're already adopted. But he says, this, this phase of adoption is the redemption of your body. For we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope... For what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Perseverance. We wait for the adoption, the new body, the body just like Jesus. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, with groanings too deep for words. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those, you, who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. That he, Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, you. These he also called, you. Whom he also called, he also justified. And you, 
whom he justified, these he also glorified. In Jesus' name.